0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I'm Jordan Ellis of Jordan Dene, and we have a really special episode for you today. First, we want to thank some of our Patreon supporters Thank you, Liz, Lauren, Marcia, Trista, Megan, and Nicole, for supporting us over there. We really appreciate it. Um, it's how we can keep this podcast going and do other cool things like work on our magazine and our website. If you want to help us out um, and help us be able to keep doing all the cool things we're doing, you can head to Patreon.com/sartorialgeek, and we really, really appreciate it. So this episode is something completely different. Before Infinity War came out, we had a sartorial geek event at Word Bookstore in Brooklyn. We held a memorial service for all of the people that we lost in Infinity War. Um, It was really emotional. We all wore black. We had tissues on every seat and different people in our community wrote really nice essentially eulogies uh, for our favorite characters and we read them and so we thought it'd be really fun in preparation for Endgame for everyone who couldn't make it in person. We have a few of those for you to listen to today. Our editor Dan Eisen is going to read them all um, and we're so so excited. So this is no spoilers for Endgame, but full of spoilers for Infinity War. If you haven't seen that yet, you should not listen to the rest of this episode. But we hope that you enjoy this look back um, at some of our favorite Avengers moments and enjoy.
1: Avengers eulogy by Caitlin Ply. This may be the first eulogy in history to begin with a spoiler warning. If you have not yet seen Avengers Infinity War, holy shit, I have some bad news. We are gathered here tonight to find solace in dark times. We must find strength in each other because something happened. A movie happened. A movie that... Even though you thought you were emotionally prepared for it, and you made peace with the end of Chris Evans' Marvel contract and Mark Ruffalo had basically spoiled most of the movie anyway, devastated you to your very core. That movie was Infinity War, and that ending was a slaughter on a scale not seen since the Battle of Hogwarts. It was so ruthless that the cinema audience I was in sat completely still in silence. But that rigid silence where everyone is mentally screaming. And then the post-credits scene came and I was like, Samuel L. Jackson too? Colby Smulders? You couldn't even leave us Colby Smulders? I see you killing off all the women and people of color, Kevin Feige. You better fucking replace Chris Evans as Captain America with Janelle Monae. Or Iron Man could become the electric lady and start dating Valkyrie. But this eulogy isn't about how great Janelle Monae is. This is a speech to honor the ones we have lost. Some of them are gone forever. Some of them until Avengers 4 comes out in summer 2019. Some of our beloved heroes, whom we'd known for years, were going in a snap. Like James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes, sweet Bucky, the White Wolf, the Winter Soldier. He died how he lived. And an unconfirmed romantic relationship with Steve Rogers that will always be headcanon for me. Loki, God of Mischief. Burdened with the glorious purpose. Hair too dark for your complexion. Made you look pasty. But like, sexy pasty. Never made sense to me that you weren't blue all the time since finding out you were an ice giant. Why wouldn't you just look like an ice giant? Your murder by Thanos stabbed our hearts. Like the death of Tom Hiddleston to ill-fated romance with Taylor Swift. But... Like Hiddleswift. You died for the greater good. You tried to protect your brother and the universe from Thanos. We honor you. But I swear to Odin, if this is another trick, Loki, I hope Thor murders you himself. Heimdall. Good, noble Heimdall. I'm not really sure what you were a god, a magic guy? Should have been given more to do. I liked you as Asgardian Jesus in Thor Ragnarok. May your golden eyes become a golden eye. And Thor Ragnarok. May your golden eyes become a golden eye. This is a reference to how I want Idris Elba to be James Bond. Sam Wilson, Falcon. You thought that it should be obvious to a man who had been frozen since the 1940s that when you said I flew in the military, it meant not that you were a pilot, but that you put on a metal bird suit and smacked people with your wings. I admired your confidence and your sass. Peter Quill, Star Lord. I'll be honest, I was never that invested in you as a character. But you were trying to be a less shitty guy. And you kept your promise to Gamora. Even though it must have ripped you in half to pull that trigger. You learned to put others' wishes before your own need to be a hero man who saves the day. You trusted that Gamora knew what was needed. Gamora. This is a tough one. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about Gamora. Gamora, you were murdered because killers can love, be loved, and still be killers. It would be easy to write off Thanos as a monster who couldn't feel normal emotions. But any survivor of an abusive relationship knows the banality of evil. Gamora, you are a survivor. You survived horrific childhood abuse. You tried to break the cycle of violence you've been groomed for. You bravely escaped your abusive father, and you even made amends with the sister you've been pitted against your whole life. After all that you endured, you still worked hard on yourself to be available for new relationships, to risk the vulnerability of trusting others. You are nothing like Thanos. Because his love was selfish and possessive, while your love protected and strengthened those you bestowed it on. Mantis, you deserved so much more. You were the first to sense that something was wrong. Was the the universe so thick with fear that you could feel it without touching anyone? You had only just escaped one tyrant. I'm glad that you spent your last days in freedom with friends. Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Did you also sense half of all life suddenly begin to vanish? Is that why you instinctively reached for Mr. Stark? Your last word was, sorry? Sorry. You took on more responsibility than any other Peter Parker we've seen on the big screen. Spider Man had always been funny and adventurous, but with you, he had the biggest heart. Maybe you cried while you disintegrated because you knew that Aunt May would be waiting for you to come home, and you never wanted to hurt her. Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, survived losing your parents. Being experimented on, losing your brother, and becoming stateless. You rebuilt your life slowly and carefully with someone who was kind, someone your equal. You deserved a better ending and a better hero name than Scarlet Witch, and to not have to run into battle wearing high heels. R.I.P., Wanda. Vision. Jarvis? Is there an afterlife for whatever you are? I guess you're in a USB stick now. I don't much care for you, but you were nice to Wanda. Mostly. Drax. Were you even in this movie? I couldn't see you. Groot. I can't even fucking talk about Groot. Groot. I mean, I was still recovering from the first Groot's death. I text a friend after finding out that Groot's last words to Rocket were dad. Crying. I never thought I'd be so emotionally invested in a tree and a CGI raccoon. Dr. Stephen Strange. Fourteen million times you saw the world die. If this was the only way, what could winning mean? T'Challa, king of Wakanda, the Black Panther. He was my north, my south, my east and west, my working week and my Sunday rest, my noon, my midnight, my talk, my song. I thought Wakanda was forever. I was wrong. Guardians and Avengers, we're with you till the end of the line. And when that end should come, we pray that you go to that big contract renewal in the sky. Because once you're in the MCU, we will obsessively insist that you play your role forever. Unless you're Terrence Howard, in which case we will quietly accept your recasting. Wakanda Forever. We are all Groot. The Death of the Deadliest Woman by Jennifer Hackett. The deadliest woman in the galaxy deserved better. At the very least, Gamora deserved to die on her terms. Heroically sacrificing herself to protect the knowledge she had about where the Soul Stone was. Gamora deserved to go down fighting and to make a difference with her death. Instead, her adoptive father ruined everything, again, as always, with fancy reality-bending tricks that kept turning things into bubbles, just to add insult to injury. Gamora knew she was the only one who could get in close enough to kill Thanos. And if he hadn't already gotten the reality stone, it would have worked. And if he hadn't already gotten the reality stone, it would have worked. We would have gotten beautiful poetic bookends. As Gamora stabbed her father with the very knife he used to distract her from the mass murder of her people. Gamora would have been the one to strike Thanos down, as was always her right. But no. We got to see that even Thanos can't help loving this incredible kick-ass fighter in the worst possible way. What's one more mental gymnastics routine to enable him to love the daughter he abused anyway? If Thanos could turn his leaps of logic into a floor routine, he'd sweep the Olympics. Gamora knew the stakes better than anyone else. From day one, she was fighting the one fight that really mattered, stopping Thanos. While everyone else was getting into pretty squabbles on Earth, or reenacting Shakespearean dramas over in Asgard, Gamora knew a universe-shattering threat was out there and she wanted to stop it. Gamora had been a victim. First when half her planet was killed the old-fashioned way by Thanos, then as a victim of Thanos' abuse and conditioning. Long enough. But Gamora never lost her ability to care and to value life despite what Thanos tried to teach her, despite every reason she had to become cold and calculating. She let herself fall in love with an idiot, an endearing one, and one who wore his emotions on his sleeve, someone totally opposite the men in her life before. She found her own strange family that loved her, possibly because she was the only one who had even a dose of responsibility about her. In a ship full of kids chanting McDonald's, Gamora knew there was food at home. Her empathy towards her sister, Nebula, may have cost the universe half its people, but it shows that she's stronger and better than how she was raised. After all, as Cap said, we don't trade lives. Gamora was ready to sacrifice her own life. That was her choice to make, but she couldn't let another suffer while she watched. It must be a wild time in that head of Thanos's. if he could genuinely love Gamora as a daughter while also treating her like an accessory or a lump of clay to be molded. Gamora never let him mold her in his image, though. She learned to be fierce, but she also learned how to recognize cruelty and to fight. All she wanted was redemption for the lives she took while serving Thanos, and to keep any other little girls across the galaxy from having to endure what she did. Gamora survived to resist. She dreamt of the day where she could defeat him and protect the galaxy from his balance. Thanos took her childhood, and ultimately her life. But he couldn't take her spirit, her determination to do the right thing, to guard the galaxy. to T'Challa by Elizabeth Crowder Sirota. We are gathered here today to celebrate the life and honor the memory of T'Challa, king of Wakanda, leader of the order of, I never freeze, defender of potato salad at black barbecues everywhere, hashtag fuck you and your raisins, Karen, hashtag give me paprika or give me death. If T'Challa gone, the universe has lost a bright light. And the world is a dimmer place. Not only did we lose a man of incredible vision, courage, and moral fortitude, but we also lost those abs. Those abs are what compel me to stand up here before you and publicly mourn our collective loss. Those abs are what got me through week after week from hump day to Friday. Those abs gave me something to look forward to as I lay my head down at night and lifted it up again at morning light those abs inspired that rhyme. The memory of those abs are all we have left now. And that memory lives on and will allow us to carry on hard as it may be and hard as those abs may be. In closing, I will read a short excerpt from the Book of Common Prayer. For as much as it hath pleased Almighty God, of his great mercy to take unto himself, the soul of our dear brother here departed. We therefore commit his body to the ground, earth to Dejala, ashes to ancestral plain, beautiful abs to dust. Thank you. Out of Time by Casey Hicks When I remember Stephen Vincent Strange. I think of his hands. As a skilled neurosurgeon, he quite literally touched the lives of countless people from both New York and far beyond the five boroughs. His genius was unrivaled in his field, at least until those very hands were maimed in a catastrophic car accident. A lesser man would have given up hope of ever recovering, but not Stephen. He chased his ambitions to the edge of perception and beyond, and imbued his hands with magic. He could have used this gift to heal his wounds and return to his old life. But instead he found purpose as a master of the mystical arts, a protector of the New York sanctum, and unofficially, an avenger. Those who are surprised by Stephen's sacrifice of the Time Stone should remember. We could have been gathered to remember his life hundreds of times over. In battling dermamu Strange not only faced, but accepted, death again and again and again, until finally he vanquished his foe through sheer obnoxious determination. His ego and stubborn stamina saved us all from being consumed by the dark dimension. His methods may have been unorthodoxed, but he not only wielded an infinity stone, but unlocked its potential for the good of humanity. Few can say that about themselves. Though strange could be arrogant, and let's face it, he did earn that confidence. Perhaps it's best for us to remember his selflessness on a smaller scale, more personal scale. When he compared Wong to Beyonce, he opened that man's world up to include single ladies, and that is the work of a true humanitarian. When he hosted Thor at the New York Sanctum, he not only provided Odin's son with beer, but took care to keep his glass full. He didn't try to kill Loki when given the chance, which is incredibly noble. When Odin faced death in Norway, he delivered Thor and Loki to their fathers so they could be with him in his final moments. Doctor Strange vowed to do anything to protect the Time Stone. But still, he swapped the gemstone to save the life of Tony Stark, even though it flew in the face of logic. Let us not forget that we only stand here today because of Doctor Strange, of the millions of fates he foresaw in battling Thanos. He knew there was only one choice that he could make for the best possible outcome. Did countless others die because of his actions? Have we all lost loved ones? Well, yes. But everyone else faced the Mad Titan with the hope that the day could be won. They could not see the future. When Doctor Strange handed over the Time Stone, he knew that he would vanish after Thanos snapped his fingers, and he still stared down his fate with quiet dignity. He did not raise the alarm and devastate his friends. He was a hero. Of course, we cannot mourn the loss of Doctor Strange without taking a moment to acknowledge his constant companion and most loyal friend. I'm speaking, of course, of the Cloak of Levitation. Many would consider the cloak fickle, but from the moment it encountered Strange, its will was set. The cloak defended him and fought on his behalf, gave him the ability to fly, and at times seemed to know what was best for Strange when even he could not see as much himself. Without it, Dr. Strange would have just looked like a nerd who likes books and oversized jewelry. The Cloak of Levitation is what elevated his entire look to badass territory. It seems almost fitting that it faced Thanos' genocide with the same acceptance its master did. And when the time came, they dissolved as one. I am certain that Dr. Strange wouldn't want us to waste too many tears on him. He has died so many times already that we need to have faith that he knew what he was doing. He was liminal, a man of science as well as a man of magic. And much of his life has lived outside the margins. It's not about you. The Ancient One said those words to Dr. Strange once. And perhaps he felt an echo of her wisdom when he made his choice on Titan. We can take that message to heart now. It is not about Stephen, nor is it about us and the pain we carry for this lost life. It is about the lives that were saved on that day, when a single snap cleaved our universe in half. I'm sure I speak for Stephen Strange when I say that he would approve of nothing less than responsible hedonism. Sam Wilson, Wingman of Our Hearts by Beatrice Longshore. Running through our heart and minds, we gathered to remember Sam Wilson the Falcon. Though we only knew him a short while, he quickly planted himself as a staple of the Avengers, always with comedic comment and a drone companion to help in the nick of time. The ultimate wingman, he smirked his way through awkward interactions alongside another hero, James Buchanan Barnes, also taken too soon born in Harlem, New York City, to Paul and Darlene Wilson, who both tragically died and separate incidences of violence in their community. If only Luke Cage had been there. Sam loved his family, although becoming somewhat jaded to the world after the tragic passing of them both. Turning from his religious upbringing, Sam eventually found a new motivator, those in need. From a troubled adolescence, Sam directed his energies at doing something for others, joining the military service to serve in the special forces, which we all know now is where he earned his wings. There are rumors of alternate worlds where he might have been a criminal or worked as a social worker, but the Sam we all knew was a soldier, a leader, a friend. After his enlistment came to an end, he turned his attentions to helping those like him who had served to protect, hoping to transition them from terrors of war back into this one, offering a safe haven from which they could thrive. If someone, anyone, was worthy of standing at Captain America's side, it was Sam Wilson. The frustrations of being passed by the star-spangled man never dampened his spirits, but rather motivated Sam to push harder and reach out to Steve Rogers, a soldier in need. And once he committed to his team, he never turned his back, following Steve even when it meant he was risking his life and risking his credibility. He, like Steve, planted himself like a tree, unmovable, unwavering in his convictions. With no superpowers, only the mechanical attachment of wings, Sam made himself an integral part of the team, his abilities to coordinate with a team serving him and the Avengers well until his fading moment. With the courage of a soldier, with the heart of a good man, and with the charisma of a true wingman, Sam flew his way into our hearts. He will be missed by all, not just his brothers in arms, but by a world that never got to see his full potential realized as his own iteration of Captain America. He may be gone, but we will remember. Sam, on your left. And I Burn by Alice Fang Chung Here we are at the end of all things, and the part of me that is divinity watches impassive, at the loss, scattered like embers in the debris, at the way everything hovers suspended in vistas of radiant, bleeding light. In my chest, I burn with the collapse of galaxies. The winking out of whole worlds rebirthed only as ashes to ashes, dust to stardust. The part of me that is human is exposed and raw. At the loss of sinking cold fingers into soft flesh. At the way the knife so easily cleaves a desperate heart to quarters. In my lungs, I burn with the absence of air. The swift blow of grief devastating cracking me open. Oh, how I'd forgotten this kind of implosion. I have foreseen this outcome, and I am cocooned in the soft silence of the vacuum. This frozen knowing where everything is incandescent and crystal clear, and there are simply no more roads to follow. There is only this, splendor and sorrow, and I burn. But it is simply a state of being here at the end of all things.
0: Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this special episode. If you want to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and you can check out our Patreon for cool rewards at patreon.com sartorialgeek. We hope everyone is loving all of the Marvel movies and we'll see you next week.